All right, welcome everybody. Let's rock and roll. We got a good one today. Special, special day, April 1st, um, April Fool's Day tomorrow, so I thought I'd mess it up a little bit, have a little bit of fun, check out chat. It's going to be good. Jenny Housley in the house. Good morning, everybody. Today is March 31st, 2000. Oh, one second. I can't see. All right. Good morning, everybody. Today is, oh, I see what I have to do here. Today is March 31st, 2023. It is a Friday. Congratulations, everybody. We made it to the big end of the week. Banger. I got the graphics up. Everything's a hot mess right now. Jesus. All right. The music's messed up. I upgraded my Spotify to get my kids' accounts, and now that broke all of my Stream Deck stuff. Audio issues everywhere. Gosh. Welcome to episode number 335 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. We got a special show for you today. A lot of fun. A lot of fun going on today. Over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Dennis Sculpty, Morehouse Hacks, Andy Nakamura, Cherie Slam, Alana Boyajin, Josh Mason, Internal Stranger, and so many more of the Simply Cyber community, including you, are going to be tearing through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking to break into the industry. Here, let me let me hook you guys up. we got to get some some animation on that. What are we doing here? We're going to be tearing through the top side news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my opinion and analysis on each of those. So settle in. The chat is good. Special notice. You'll notice that the chat is slightly different. We normally run the chat uh, primarily through YouTube chat here, but because it's April Fool's, because we're having fun, because it's Friday, because we can Go to the live stream chat channel on the Discord server right now if you want to throw out animated GIFs. Jenny Housley throwing it down there. Tina Fey style. I love it. We'll still be able to chat with each other on YouTube, but if you want to have some fun today, today only, it is unlocked and ready to go. Before we get into the show, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend, Brandon Poole and Panopsi. Panopsi Security out of South Carolina provides all sorts of security services for uh, businesses, including quantified risk assessments, which are always all about good times. If you don't know what a quantified risk assessment is, essentially a business can bring in a quantified risk assessment and get an up-to-date, informed, evidence-based, statistically sound approach to information security. So why would I want that, Jerry? That just sounds like a bunch of buzzwords. I don't understand what you do. The thing is, a quantified risk assessment comes in, looks at how your business works, looks at your current technical infrastructure, looks at your staff, looks at your plans and everything, and then basically spits out a report that says, here is your risk exposure, you know, 14 to 22% chance of ransomware attack. 90% 90% chance of business email compromise. You might you might think, holy crap, 90%, that doesn't sound good. What can I do? Well, this is part of the report too. Like, you know, if you invest $20,000 into this solution, you can dramatically re- reduce it down to 22% chance. Do you like lower percentages? It allows you to have that uh, risk appetite conversation instead of just saying, do you like green, yellow, or red uh, traffic lights, right? Also want to say shout out and thanks to XM Cyber, let me give them. See, I gotta keep jumping around so that the, <laughs> so that the animated gifs, gifs, Alana, the uh, animated gifs can continue to uh, be entertaining. Want to say shout out to XM Cyber guys. Let's talk about it. Let's be real. 
Everybody, everybody, I don't care. I, I rail on Carl all the time, but every business has misconfigurations, vulnerabilities, mismanaged credentials, <laughs> mismanaged credentials. This is why I don't do the Discord on stream because, <laughs> because things like, <laughs> things like that come up and I can't, I just can't. Listen, <clears throat> we all have mismanaged configurations, vulnerabilities, um, credentials all over the place, other exposures. And if we introduce hybrid environments like cloud and on-prem, then it starts to really get funny uh, or really get um, really get um, difficult to manage and, and really see your risk exposure. And this is where XM Cyber introduces a new way to address this hybrid cloud exposure. So instead of just looking at these things in individual silos, XM Cyber combines all of them in order for you to be able to uncover hidden attack paths See security control gaps across your environment, both on-prem and in the cloud, and you can actually pinpoint and prioritize the issues that that um, the issues that actually put your organization at risk and cut off attack paths at key junctures, which gives you laser-focused remediation to proactively um, to proactively reduce your attack surface. So instead of waiting for bad to happen and figuring out how that happened, you can actually um get in front of it it's like threat hunting on steroids right like it's, it's it's almost like left of boom threat hunting nobody in the market's calling it that but that's what it feels like to me left of boom threat hunting visit xmcyber.com or and click the link in the description below to demo their exposure management platform check it out it's all about good times i love it also want to say much love to the ever-present barricade cybers but more about them at the mid-roll all right it looks like Looks like everybody's found. Looks like everybody's found the um, Discord chat. <laughs> Mods, I can't. I can't pull up mod chat while I'm doing this because it's literally my Discord feed. So thank you, Vsec. <laughs> okay, final final cup of coffee. If you've been following the show for a little while, I've been experimenting with different coffees because I might white label a Simply Cyber brand. This one is espresso dark it's the final one out of the collection whoa i almost knocked my coffee cup fully over take a big pull off it here here we go um that's good that's good okay so we might have the perfect blend here of um espresso bean and good tasting who knows where this is gonna go it's already it's already uh ludicrous with the um <laughs> with the chat so let's let's settle in I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. <laughs> oh, and my Spotify is broken, so I have to do it manually, too. So we'll see how that goes. Here we go. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Friday, March 31st, 2023. <laughs> Supply chain attack on business phone provider 3CX could impact thousands of companies. Hackers may have compromised the networks of thousands of businesses due to a supply chain attack on the enterprise phone company 3CX, which confirmed on Thursday its desktop app had been bundled with malware. 3CX provides office phone systems to more than 12 million daily users at over 600,000 companies, <laughs> as it claims on its website, including Mercedes-Benz, Coca-Cola, American Express, and the UK's National Health Service. The company's chief information security officer, Pierre Jourdain, said the intrusion was the work of highly skilled hackers, stating, quote, This appears to have been a targeted attack from an advanced persistent threat, perhaps even state-sponsored, end quote. 
I don't have the buttons to start and stop it really cleanly. Um, so CrowdStrike said there was suspected nation state involvement and described as one of those. So, all right. So this is, this is interesting. Okay. So guys, this is a really big story, whether they know who the, um, here, let me actually, I'm kind of curious because, okay. Couple things here. One, this is a massive attack. Okay. If you don't, if you're not, if you're like, oh, who gives a crap about phone systems or whatever? I've never heard of 3CX. Go on to the next story, Jerry. I don't get it. Listen to me for a second. This is a massive, massive attack. To me, this is on the scale, potentially, it has the potential uh, capability to be on the scale of solar winds. Okay. If you don't know what solar winds was, definitely. If you don't know about solar winds, go go research that and get up on on that. But guys, this one has massive massive uh, potential. My lights too bright, but okay. So, oh, I don't like that. Okay, so here's the deal. It doesn't matter if you haven't heard of 3CX. It doesn't matter if you understand, um, like, oh, it's just a phone system. This company has millions of installs right it's at 600 000, 12 million daily users 600,000 companies okay that means that phone systems get put on business networks right sometimes they'll have their own network segment but not all the time if you have basically penetrated the firmware the base system of these phones the company is deploying um oh my god uh um it, per, not persistence. What am I thinking here of um, um, payloads that the, the, the company is delivering payloads everywhere that you know are going to work perfectly because you probably tested it yourself. So this has massive ramifications. Now, I've it saw it said North Korea in here. Some of the larger research companies are kind of fighting back and forth over attribution. But whether it's whether it's Russia, whether it's North Korea, whether it's China, whatever, whether it's, it's probably not the United States, but no matter what, think about this for a second. If it was North Korea Lazarus Group, okay, they, they go like ham on like ransomware or financial theft. So if they get into, you know, 600,000 companies or whatever it is, they are going to be able to do recon on a level that is unparalleled. Security operations teams aren't going to know what the hell hit them. Okay, this is serious. So if you're running 3CX, assume compromise already. Assume it, right? Get those off your network. Like, obviously, 3CX is going to um, let you know what to do here now that they've discovered it. But you have to imagine that if, if I put a phone on my network and it's already compromised, which means uh, threat actors can just, like, remote into it or they got persistence or beaconing or whatever... They're going to start moving laterally from that phone, right? So you might, you have, like, if you're running 3CX, I wouldn't say just assume compromise. Assume your environment might, you know, ha ha is at higher risk and start either, you know, calling a barricade cyber solutions and getting that in prep or start doing threat hunting or take a little bit of extra budget and invest in a um, kind of like a purple team or, or like a red team. Because uh, normally you would hire, here's another thing. Normally you would hire a red team to come in or a purple, I mean, excuse me, a pen test to come in and test your defenses and stuff like that. But the thing is, I have heard from pen testers who have gone on engagements 
and discovered like web shells and type these type of things because the pen testing team is going to set up the same things. So when they go to set up a um a, a web shell or something and there's already one there, that is a definitive indication of compromise, right? So don't stick your head in the sand on this one, guys. I know it kind of this is why I'm saying it's a big deal. This this is gonna suck, right? Some businesses are gonna get hammered really badly. And and it's gonna be because of this initial infection point, all right? Don't sleep on this one. Supply chain is already a hot topic. NIST cybersecurity framework upgraded itself to include supply chain. Uh, CISA, Jen Easterly, uh, the US government, public-private sector partnerships with Google, Amazon, Meta, are investing heavily in, in Microsoft, investing heavily in supply chain and open source software security uh, for visibility and transparency into where all these things are. Guys, there's going to be way more reporting coming out about 3CX, including how it initially got infected. Remember with SolarWinds, it was an intern, right? SolarWinds123 was the password. They got on the, they got in and then they got into the developer and then they started developing code, right? There was that LastPass. One of four guys had some software installed and they went through his machine into the main database or data, you know, where the source code was. This is a big deal. This is a very big deal, guys. ...and domestic cyber warfare tactics. Thousands of pages of secret documents reveal how engineers at NTC Vulcan in Moscow have worked for Russian military and intelligence agencies to support hacking operations, to train operatives before attacks on national infrastructure, and to spread disinformation and to control sections of the Internet. The company is linked to the Federal Security Service, FSB, as well as to the GRU and the SVR, Russia's foreign intelligence organization. One document links a Vulcan cyber attack tool with the notorious hacking group Sandworm and the NotPetya malware, while Crystal2V represents itself as a training program for cyber operatives in the methods required to bring down rail, air and sea infrastructure. Other documents contain what appear to be illustrative examples of potential targets across the US and Canada, as well as details of a nuclear power station in Switzerland. The Vulcan files, which date from 2016 to 2021, were leaked by an anonymous whistleblower angered by Russia's war in Ukraine. <laughs> Five Western intelligence agencies have confirmed the Vulcan files appear to be authentic. Yes, I do love a good infographic. It's in Russian. I can't even read it. And I still like, oh, so good. Well played, uh, Haircut Fish, using the meme of the week with the uh, in, in live stream chat. All right, guys, so check it out. Um, a couple major things here. This is a major win for United States, frankly, or you know, US and their allies, okay? To me, this is equivalent to what Edward Snowden did when he leaked, um, when he leaked or, or, you know, like did, you know, what Edward Snowden did basically, okay? This is very similar. This is a huge, intelligence win for the United States. Like the US, they probably had some suspicions of stuff like this, but this is like blowing a hole in the side of the boat. Okay, guys, if you have read, this is um, this is how the, they tell me the world ends, right? But by Nicole um, Palroth. Yeah, if you've read this book, so good. Guys, if you're looking for a book to read, this book is excellent. You see, I purchased it on October 3rd. This book is excellent, okay? 
And it goes into all sorts of details. But what I want to tell you is, so, first of all, whoever, whoever leaked this is going to want to get out of Russia. Either that or they're going to be made an example of on why you don't, um, on why you don't um, basically, um, you know, commit treason in the Russia, right? B basically, really bad things happen into this person. Okay, the person's upset by by uh, the you know the Russian Ukrainian conflict, which makes sense, right? Ego, they're they're very unhappy, they're very angry. This is a way for them to rebel. This is a for, for a way for them to do something meaningful. Um, it's no surprise, okay? The NSA is the government, right? The U.S. government, NSA. You go, you train, you become like a really, really great NSA hacker. You can find zero-day exploits, right? You can reverse engineer the crap out of some software. You still don't get paid well. So a lot of times, and this was in Nicole's book, you leave the public sector and you spin up a business, right? What? Well, let's call it, um, we'll call it Alicia Jerry's um software shop okay alicia jerry software shop but the thing is the nsa just turns around and contracts to directly with alicia jerry's software shop to find zero days to find uh cyber weapons to do these things and you can get paid well because obviously through government contracting you can pay a lot more money all right this is what happened it sounds like to me russia's doing the same thing right this this group called whatever they're called has a business nearby and the in the FSB or the Russian government contracts with them to make weapons. Well, they've blown the top off on some of their tooling that they use, uh what they're um like what they're seeing as important value uh assets um whatever, you know, document link to Russian hacking group Sandworm, which is a really really well-known uh, hacking group. Go check out um Andy Sandberg's book called Sandworm. Uh, it's not coming to me right now. My brain is kind of empty right now. I can't think of uh, which attack the sandworm was. But if, if someone wants to drop it in chat, let me know. Um, and Russian program to control internet and spread disinformation. So this is major. I actually would like to read this. So I'm going to take this for action, honestly. Uh, as, as big as the 3CX story is, this is like... This is like ongoing operations type stuff. This to me is really interesting macro level cyber warfare type stuff, um, especially considering that Russia is in the middle of a uh, global conflict or a national conflict. I'm really, really interesting uh, to understand. So check that out. Um, also not depending, they didn't say that tooling was disclosed, um, but think of the Vault 7 leaks where Eternal Blue got released. You know, the NSA's tool sets got out. Um, this could also be something like that. So very interesting. Dude, yesterday was like a wicked slow news day. Today we have um today we have uh on stream chat and uh like and, and there's like just banger after banger after banger story. Uh BSEC, uh, uh actually so BSEC has released some three CX stuff. I'll drop a link in chat. Uh um BSEC has dropped it in um Discord, but I'll drop it in chat too. And it looks like BSEC has released some KQL query built for Microsoft Defender threat hunting. So uh, BSEC, really quick, uh, sorry to be all over the place, guys, but BSEC, you could take this KQL and drop it into what, like Sentinel or something, or Office 365 backend, and it'll uh, it'll tell you if you're you're got IOCs for 3CX. Let me know. Bing search results hijacked via misconfigured Microsoft app.
All right, cool. A thanks, thanks, BSAC. Microsoft application allowed anyone to log in and modify Bing.com search results in real time, as well as inject cross-site scripting attacks to potentially breach the accounts of Office 365 users. The security issue was discovered by Wiz Research, who named the attack Bing Bang. Wiz's analysts reported the issue to Microsoft on January 31st, Dude, this and the tech giant Newsday is out of control. By March Holy crap! Wiz researchers found that when creating an application in Azure App Services and Azure Functions, the app can be mistakenly configured to allow users from any Microsoft tenant, including public users, to log in to the application. All right. Oh, Over seventy percent of employees keep. You get so spoiled with the touch, uh, the Stream Deck turning on and off the stream, uh, the, uh, the the podcast. That you know, I feel like, ugh, guys, this is ridiculous. Like another banger story. Um, I, I I guys hope you really can appreciate the 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 gravity of each of these stories right now. So I actually saw this on Twitter. The the security researcher, I think Bryson Bort. Um, retweeted the, the guy who tweeted this. By the way, the guy who uh, tweeted this, I think was the security researcher, he had like 300 follows on Twitter. I was like, how, how are you not like blowing up? Like how? Dude, this guy, it, he actually has a really nice write-up. I'm sure the story actually maps to, to it uh, somewhere in here. Uh, let me see if there's a link here. Uh... Let me see if there's a link here. Yeah. So this this here. Um oh my god. Let's let's drop it in chat. I'll drop it in both chats, okay? Okay, so check it out. This this write-up is excellent. If you're interested in security research, every once in a while we get a security researcher story where they've done the blog post. You should always do a blog post. If you find some uh if you do some security research, it's a great practice. Every once in a while, we get an exceptional example of it. This one, 100% exceptional. It, as um, I had read it a couple days ago, this dude got 50 grand for this finding by Microsoft. Like, no questions asked. Like, here's 50 Gs. Thank you very much. We'll see you later. What? And I won't get into all the, the, the messy details, but basically, it was due to a misconfiguration. The guy started probing around a little bit, found an open container, essentially, um, called Azure Trivia, and he looked at it and it didn't make any sense. And he realized that basically it was it was he could he could kind of pivot through it and control the weighting of Bing search results. And you could see in this graphic right here, he um he did best soundtracks for a search. Dune 2021 came up for award-winning soundtrack. I know it's tough to see in the in the video here, right? Let me see if I can do this. Okay. Bing came up with Dune 2021, and then he made a change and instantly re refreshed, and hackers came up, and he purposely put hackers in because he thinks hackers is the best soundtrack, and, and it's cool, but he instantly did it. So what is what is the ramifications of this? Guys, if he was a bad guy... You know what would be great? Making the top result or all the results in Bing for anything, malicious infrastructure, right? Malicious malware, click on, you know, phishing pages, whatever. Like you could weaponize the crap out of this. And yes, please, let's all let's all enjoy the fact that no one's using Bing, right? No one's using Bing. But people are using Bing. And when ChatGPT gets more integrated with Bing, you can believe that it's going to get you know, a lot more use. So this dude found it. 
I, I just want to say, if you're at all interested in cloud security, if you're at all interested in security research, if you're at all interested in bug bounty, not that this guy was trying to do a bug bounty, but he did get paid. This question, um, this blog post is exceptional at laying out the entire workflow, the thought process, how he attacked it. He goes into all the detail and you can follow it right along. Okay. It's awesome. It's so awesome. And way to go, Microsoft. They have since fixed the problem, obviously. But the final thing I'll say about this, it just goes to show you guys that, you know, I, I used to be in the mindset like, oh, what's the point of trying to do bug bounty on Microsoft or on Google? They are multi-billion dollar companies. There's no way that they have security problems that I could find, right? But in reality, there's a million Carls running around. Oh! at Microsoft, right? There's a million Carl's running around at Google. People make mistakes. Humans are humans and will do human things. So don't think that these large, you know, golden unicorns or whatever you want to call them are, are in vulnerable to security problems. Okay. So, so don't be shy. Get in there. Passwords on personal devices. Furthermore, 66% use their personal texting apps for work. I love that, Carl. This information comes from the latest mobile bring your own device security report from Slashnext and also suggests that 95% of security leaders are increasingly concerned about phishing attacks via private messaging apps. Slashnext CEO Patrick Haar suggests this is because threat actors know there are fewer security controls on personal mobile devices than on corporate ones. The report also highlights a mirrored trend with a majority, 89% of IT and security leaders, acknowledging legal concerns about having access to employees' private data. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is interesting. You know what? Careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for. Every CFO, guys, I rail on this all the time. Every CFO was walking around like a tripod. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, BYOD, like, look at our balance sheet. We don't have to pay for tech refreshes anymore. The employees will. <laughs> what a bunch of fools. Uh, we'll get them to pay for it. Okay, made your bed, threw a bucket of sand on it, now lay down in it. Because what you have done is you've introduced um, technology and attack surface to your environment that you have zero control over because you do not own it. You can certainly suggest you can push MDM VPN profiles and crap on it, but it's too, like you have introduced tech that you don't control into your environment, which the CFO doesn't really care about. Oh, hold on. <laughs> There's been a John Hammond sighting. There's been a John Hammond sighting. So, 70% of employees keep work passwords on personal devices. You know what? I'm stunned it isn't higher than that because BYOD. Honestly, guys, 70% seems low. Like how many, like I'm not going to start a poll, but like literally, how many of you use your phone for work too? Probably all of us, right? So don't, don't come at me with 70% because that's a low number. And yes, you should be concerned because yes, you are keeping passwords and such on your personal device. The only thing that um, I would say here, this is a great opportunity to educate your end users as you always should be. Educate your end users on the benefits of uh, not to reusing passwords, of password vaults, um, and basically putting a pin on your phone. Now I will say with some MDM solutions, which is a happy compromise, um, you can force a pin lock, you can force uh, a, a wipe of the device if it's lost. 
you can force. Um, that's about all you can force, really. So, um, anyways, yeah. The, the, this is this is this is the cost. This is the trade-off of BYOD. So when you're making the decision to 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 go BYOD, understand this is part of the calculus that you should be doing. And the CFO doesn't care about that because the CFO cares about the cash. Okay, let's do the mid roll. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> no, I love CFOs. Sponsor Trend Micro. I love CFOs. Cybersecurity is not just about protection, it's about foresight, agility, and resilience. Navigating a new era of cyber risk demands evolved strategies, new frameworks, and integrated tools to equip security teams to anticipate and defend against even the most advanced attacks. Trend Micro, the global leader in cybersecurity, is bringing the cyber risk conversation to more than 120 cities around the world <laughs> Bring in my own latest beer. <laughs> Risk to Resilience World Tour, the largest cybersecurity roadshow of its kind. Bye, Palo Terranova. Find the closest city to you and register today to take a leap towards a more resilient future. Head to trendmicro.com slash CISO series. All right, guys, it's the mid-roll. You know what we do on mid-rolls? Yes. Bye, Paula Terranova. Uh, let me see really quickly. I want to do this, too. I want to play. Um, there we go. All right, guys. It is the mid-roll, so we've taken a hot minute here. Uh, take a second. Hit that like button. It helps other cybersecurity professionals find Simply Cyber and understand all the fun stuff that we're doing in here. So take a second, hit like, please. Holla, 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 holla. I want to thank the sponsors again, Panofsci and XM Cyber for their continued support and also Barricade Cyber. I did tell you we would be getting back to Barricade Cyber and I promise you we would be. Barricade Cyber Solutions, thank you, Eric Taylor and Casually Joseph. They are dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. But the important link is uh, Barricade Cyber's main page where Eric Taylor's calendar is. You may even be a squad member because Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions sponsored 100 gifted subs on Monday this week. Eric's calendar's right here, hop on it. Guys, that 3CX thing might be a good opportunity to call Eric Taylor and get going with, um, get in front of this 3CX. So thank you very much. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, continuously uh, helping each other network and grow. Alicia Jerry uh, was the current baton holder. So if Alicia's in chat and she could tag someone, I would genuinely appreciate that. Alicia, whoever she tags, go on LinkedIn, post about your cyber story. Hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. James McQuiggan with the uh, uh, with the gifted subs. Thanks, James. All right, pick up those subs from James McQuiggan. Thanks, James. Go on Simply Cyber Community Challenge and share your story. Use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge in the post, and be sure to go on LinkedIn and connect with that person and all the people commenting. Build your own network, people. Build your own network, okay? We're here to help each other, but you got, you got you to build your own network too, okay? 
Oh, I forgot about I forgot about Team Live, Team Replay, Team Passive Observer. I'm sorry. I, like, there's so much going on today. Um, all right. Every Friday, my son Grayson puts together a joke of the week. Today is no different. Thank you very much, Grayson. Guys, I wanted to ask you, how do we know that the ocean is friendly? James McQuiggan, how do we know that the ocean is friendly? Obviously, we know the ocean's friendly because it waves. It waves. Thank you very much. That's right. Everybody knows it waves. Alicia, is Alicia Jerry in chat? Did she tag someone? Very nice. Guys, all about good times. I'm, I'm really, really stoked. I hope you're having fun today on the stream. Hope you're enjoying the uh, Discord chat. I'm certainly enjoying it. It's very, very funny. Love it. Let's just give it a second. I'm going to pull this, pull a draw off this espresso dark. Guys, I like it. All right. Shalonda Glenn. Shalonda Glenn with the tag. All right, Shalonda, please continue the trend. Keep it going. Let me tag Shalonda. There we go, Shalonda, get after it. All right, guys, thank you so much. Let's continue on. We'll do a few minutes of jaw jacking at the end. Let's go. Australia's casino giant Crown Resorts discloses data breach after Klopp ransomware attack. The casino company is the latest in a string of high-profile organizations to have disclosed a data breach related to Fortress Go Anywhere MFT Secure file transfer tool. The incident took place in January, but the company disclosed the data breach this week. A statement from Crown Resorts, published on March 27th, states in part, quote, We can confirm no customer data has been compromised and our business operations have not been impacted. End quote. It's interesting. U.S. commits. So this is interesting. So Klopp ransomware, you know, it's it's story after story. And this is what I'm saying, guys. This is why, like, the 3CX story is going to be another thing um, that keeps going and going. Klopp ransomware, a few weeks ago, it came out that they had, like, a zero day on this go anywhere remote access uh, technology, which is installed all over the place. Essentially, a... Like, you know, in the Matrix, somebody in chat, there's probably an animated GIF for this you could bring up. In the Matrix 2 movie, there's like the key master and they have like this back hallway with like a million doors and like they just run and like open a door and they're somewhere else in the world or in a different time. Okay. Like the go anywhere bug is essentially that you're installing, essentially Klopp Ransomware figured out a way to weaponize these remote access um, insertions, right? So essentially you have insertion points all over the world and all of these major businesses, right? So we keep hearing more and more and more about these stories. Now, here's an interesting one. Australia's gambling and entertainment giant crown resorts hit. Now, you got to remember, just because there's like the casino floor and the hotel floor or the hotel itself, there's usually a back-end corporate you know, building, like all businesses have some corporate thing, right? There's Carl in accounting, there's like Claire in marketing, right? Like, like there's a business behind it, running it. Okay. They said that no sensitive information was compromised and business operations weren't impacted, which is essentially the best case scenario for a ransomware victim. Now, 
I, I, I find it hard. I find it really hard. No sensitive information was taken. Klopp ransomware does data exfil, as most threat actors do. Um, hospitality groups are very interested in keeping track of their customers because they want to offer benefits. They want to know, you know, like, oh, Kimberly enjoys the ocean views. And, you know, we have a bunch of open ocean view rooms this weekend. Let's send her a targeted email with 40% off at Hilton Head for an ocean view, right? Like, like this information is very valuable. So they definitely hold it. So maybe they just had good encryption. I'm not sure, but I find it wild that, um, that they were not impacted. So either way to go crown resorts for having really, really great cyber resiliency or uh, way to go crown resorts for being able to spin the truth in order to look like that. The final thing I'll say about this and my Australian people, internal stranger and funky monk and others, Australia. Remember guys, um, Australia had two major hacks earlier this year or, or end of last year. I can't remember um, their major healthcare provider like Medibank or something like that. And then their major telecom providers, so like the biggest healthcare and the biggest communications providers in the Australia got hit uh, in the last six months. I can't remember. But the, the interesting thing is right after that, Australia passed like an instant law. Like, like I've never seen legislation get passed so quickly in my life. Instant law that like you would get fined through the nose if you got if you got cyber attacked or if you got breached right like basically putting the onus on the business to up their cybersecurity posture okay and i said it at the time and i still will say it now that's fine but are there going to be teeth to it is there going to be legitimate follow-through and this right here i mean dude this is front page news this is a massive business in australia that has gotten hit so let's see what happens with this law. Is it actually a law or is it just posturing or even worse? Like, oh, Crown Resorts is buddies with like politicians. So, you know, it doesn't apply here. But then, you know, like some small business gets hit and they're like destroyed and made to be an example. That's speculation. That's tinfoil hat, Jerry. I, I don't know what kind of animated GIFs we can do for tinfoil hats, but uh you know, we'll see. But anyways, let's let's keep rolling. $25 million to Costa Rica for Conti ransomware recovery. The U.S. government is sending the money to the government of Costa Rica to help the country recover from a devastating ransomware attack last year that crippled several key agencies. In May 2022, Costa Rica's newly elected president, Rodrigo Chavez, declared a state of emergency after the now-defunct Conti ransomware group severely damaged the Ministry of Finance, the Ministry of Public Works and Transport, and the Costa Rican Social Security Fund. The gang posted messages openly calling for the overthrow of the government before demanding a $20 million ransom. The funding will be used to secure the country's networks and defend its critical infrastructure. 17%. All right, I'm kind of curious. Um, President Chavez. All right, so Costa Rica's newly elected president, President Chavez. Um, I'm kind of curious. So the United States is. Okay, so this is, you guys want to get tinfoil hat. Let's get tinfoil hat for a hot second. Like the U.S. government is committing $25 million to Costa Rica, okay? Costa Rica suffered a massive cyber attack uh, last year. And when I say massive, I, I'm almost positive it was Costa Rica that got hit by like, like Conti or Lockbit or one of those. 
and didn't want to pay the ransom and then got hit by a different threat actor group like Hive right after it. I, I might be remembering this slightly wrong, but like they definitely got hit by uh, like two and they got wicked punched in the mouth. Now, here's my tinfoil hat take. Why would the U.S. give $25 million to Costa Rica? Like, we have, we, have, we have a lot of problems here in the United States, right? I'm not saying don't help international relations, but it just seems, and, and maybe $25 million in the grand scheme of things isn't a lot of money, but it just seems like, it, I mean, exactly, Taekwon Gong, like, we're sending lots of money to Ukraine. I, I mean, I get that a little bit more, but, st but still, like, you know... There's a geopolitical understanding with wanting, you know, in Ukraine and Russia and, and the United States position in there. But like, this just seems like odd. So to me, now that I understand, I've seen enough like, you know, uh, federal executive branch spy movies and, uh, you know, red stories and stuff like that. My first thought is, what is the United States relationship to Costa Rica? Obviously, Dude, at the end of the day, guys, I am so cynical now. Cash, it's all about straight cash, homie, right? The U.S. giving $25 million to Costa Rica isn't because we're, we're like, you know, America, like the world's big brother. No, there's some reason here. So to me, there's like, an, there's an incentive, right? And the first thing I want to do is look at the United States relationship with Chavez. This guy just became president, right? Again, I'm not like I hate to sound like a freaking conspiracy nut, but there are there have been many documented examples in history that we can point to. So I'm not making this up. There's many documented examples of the United States basically installing a friendly leader into a foreign government. It, it's been documented multiple times. I'm not making this up. So my first thought is like, okay, a new leader in Costa Rica, and then immediately we're given twenty five million dollars for recovery. That seems that seems interestingly coincidental. So, you know, yep, U.S. congratulates Chavez. I'm sure that there's some type of relationship here. You know, anyways, that is beyond the scope of cybersecurity. But just, it just, it, 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 it so, you know, it's things that make you go, hmm. And for those of you who are young and don't know this one, Arsenio Hall. There we go. Arsenio. There we go. Hmm. All right. Let's keep rolling. Oh, thank you for allowing me to indulge that um, rabbit hole. Of security leaders consider cybersecurity team fully staffed. Security <laughs> leaders' perceptions of their own cyber resilience was analyzed in a recent study by Immersive. He said cyber resilience. Despite high confidence in overall resilience, the study found that teams are insufficiently prepared for threats, as 82% agree they could have mitigated some to all of the damage of their most significant cyber incidents in the last year if they were better prepared, and more than 80% don't think or are unsure that their teams have the capabilities to respond to future attacks. Only 17% of respondents considered their cybersecurity teams to be fully staffed, and almost half of respondents admit they aren't able to measure cyber capabilities further eroding confidence in the organization's preparedness. Yep. Okay. So this one should not come as a surprise to anyone. Like the, the TLDR here, guys, is that this is incredibly low, right? So the 70% of security leaders consider their security team fully staffed. Okay. I, I, you know, I don't know how many people they interviewed. I think this number's high. I think this number's high. Okay, guys. Maybe in financial services where you've got oodles of money, 
um, then yeah, you, you're fully staffed, but either that or again, with all due respect to the security leaders, if you think your team's fully staffed, you may not know what you're doing. Okay. And, and I mean that with all due respect. Okay. But guys, we as information security professionals are constantly understaffed. We are constantly asked to do more with less. We're constantly fighting an uphill battle. There's like, you know, five of us on the team, three of us on the team, and we've got threat actors everywhere. We've got a 2000 person employee workforce and there's four people manning, you know, manning the gates, if you will. So I think 17% is kind of high, honestly. Looking at some more of these statistics, um, 84% of respondents agree cybersecurity teams feel increasing pressure to be prepared. Yes, exactly. 72% um, agree threat landscape is becoming more challenging. Yes, exactly. The, these two bullets right here is why I'm saying that 17% of security leaders think their team is fully staffed doesn't make any sense to me because both of these statistics are very true. All right, let's see. Less than a third believe their organization has a formal strategy to ensure cyber resilience. You know what? Cyber resilience to most people means we have backups. They're not doing tabletop exercises. They're not doing business impact analysis. They're not doing DR planning or testing, okay? So again, I, I hate to sound like a negative uh, Nelly here, but you know, 32%? I, dude, if you had a formal strategy for cyber resilience, one in three chances, wow. I mean, I've worked for more than three companies. None of them had a formal strategy. Um, that 64% of respondents agree traditional cyber training methods, cyber certs, training, classroom is insufficient. Yeah. The, the, so this, this one's a little bit uh, misleading. 64% agree that traditional training doesn't work. Uh, I would say that it still works. It just needs to be done in concert with more modern techniques. And the one that's missing here, certs, training, classroom. What's missing here is practical hands-on labs and scenario like tabletop scenarios right like you need to have your secops team experience a breach in a controlled way you need to have those conversations you need to like get the backups and verify that they get stood up like here's a quick one for you guys right oh we have backups we have backups all right well thanks kevin like i'm glad you have backups how long does it take to restore the backups how long well, you know, whatever, an hour, two hours. Is it is it one hour? Is it two hours? I have been part of an organization where we actually did test it. Do you know how long it took to fully recover? One system, 14 hours, which is fine. It's just a fact, 14 hours. But is that acceptable to the business? And by the way, when you start introducing things like 14 hours per system, you might need to have multiple teams. It's unrealistic to ask a team to work 72 straight hours. You need to have rotations. You need to have handoffs. You need to have documentation. Like it gets really complicated really quickly in the weeds. And if you just say, oh, we have backups, like that's not good enough. And that's why it's insufficient. This this report is excellent. I'm I'm like a big fan of this report. Thank you, Immersive Labs. Latitude Financial says data stolen by hackers belonged to way more than 330,000 customers. Try 14 million.
The company disclosed Monday that it had detected suspicious activity on its networks earlier this month, but its initial figure for the number of customers impacted by the hack was dramatically smaller than subsequent investigations have uncovered. Latitude offers personal loans and finance for consumers shopping at a range of retail brands in Australia and New Zealand. Applications for this kind of financing normally require consumers to share a significant amount of personal data for fraud and Oh, Australia! Purposes. The breach includes 7.9 million Australian and New Zealand driver's license numbers, as well as 53,000 passport numbers provided by customers over the last 10 years, as well as a further 6.1 million PII records dating back to at least 2005. Later today, we'll be streaming our week. Yeah, okay, so, dude, okay, hold on, really quickly. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. Okay, so, obviously, um, you know, some lower-level person, uh, some, some, you know, incident responder, some researcher, um, told leadership what they wanted to hear. Oh, it's 330,000 records. And then they kept digging. And unfortunately, the PR people, the business side, ran with it and announced 330,000. Then they came back and said, oh, it's actually 14 million. Guys, that is nauseating. Again, and like, I didn't know this story was going to be here, but they say right here, they bring it up. I, I just said this like 10 minutes ago. Medibank, Optus was the, the telecommunications company. This is an Australian company that leaked 14 million people's names, addresses, date of birth, telephone numbers, passport numbers, license numbers. This isn't good. This is about as sensitive an information as you can get. Uh, on an individual minus medicals, right? If you have some diagnoses and stuff like that or mental health issues or um, sexual abuse history. But here's the thing. Again, this law that they ushered through, like ham-fisted it through le um, legislation in Australia said that if this happened to a business, they were gonna be financially punished. So I wanna see it happen. Honestly, like, and I don't mean any disregard to Latitude Financial because I, be, like, guys, here's the deal. Here's the deal, okay? As this report just outlined, we are understaffed. We are, are, are fighting a battle with one hand tied behind our back. So it's not surprising that Latitude Financial suffered a breach. It's not, it's not ridiculous that any company suffers a breach because the threat actors have technology. 3CX phones are deployed everywhere and they're an initial infection point. Like we are getting hosed as cybersecurity professionals. And that's why it's about cyber resiliency, not about cybersecurity, because you just have to assume you're going to get punched in the mouth. How quickly can you respond? How quickly can you quarantine? How quickly can you recover? This is what matters. But if you're going to ham fist legislation through to say that you're going to financially penalize a company when it suffers a breach, then either do it or walk that back because it's not fair to companies who do get caught up in that churn um, and, and get and get hosed, frankly, and have to you know either go out of business because they can't pay the fine or they get smeared beyond a way that they're able to recover from. I thought it was bad uh, juju at the time um, when they passed the law. And I just want to see it. Like there was two major stories today, Crown Resorts and Latitude Financial, both major um, Australian companies. Crown Resorts had no personal information. So maybe they can skirt uh, on uh, a technicality, but Latitude, no question, 14 million customers. I don't even know what the population is of, the, of uh, Australia or New Zealand, but 14 million sounds like a lot. I know the middle of Australia doesn't have a lot of people, so it's really just the perimeter. 14 million, here, actually, let's do this. What is the population of Australia? 
25 million. Okay. So we're talking more than half of the country had their information dumped. Okay. <laughs> like it, this is a, this is the textbook example. So we'll see where it goes. Whew. All right. Let's, let's get some music going. Yeah. Let me do this. Let me do this. If you were here just for the news, I'd love to thank you very much for being here. Genuinely appreciate it. Again, thanks to the show's sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and XM Cyber. Guys, really quick before you go, I got a really fun um, thing to share with you. So, uh, and, then if, and then get out of here if you were just here for the news. 227 people. Excellent. Great to see you. I hope you enjoyed the Discord chat on today for April Fool's Day. We had a good time with it. This Monday, Monday, April 3rd, I, Jerry Osher, will be live streaming Monday, April 3rd at 4 p.m. Eastern time. What will I be doing? I will be walking through an entire attack kill chain life cycle live on stream, compromise, like doing recon, compromising a box, escalating privileges, getting root on a box, reverse shells, throwing, throwing exploits all over the place. I will be hacking, quote unquote hacking, okay? Why do you care? Well, because I have set it up with Haiku, the company that does cyber ranges, for them to release the range that I'm going to be playing. Normally, it costs money. It costs uh, to pay for that. Thanks, Brom Bites. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. We will be uh, unlocking that range for free, exclusive to members uh, of the Simply Cyber community during the stream. So what is this? What is the impact statement, Jerry? I, I, I'm not following. Guys, at 4 o'clock Eastern time, you'll be able to log into Haiku Pro, take on this premium range, and walk along with me. If you're interested in learning a little bit about hacking, a little bit about the cyber attack kill chain, a little bit about popping boxes and privilege escalation and getting root and all that stuff, if you just want to have fun and hang out, come do it. It will cost you nothing and I will lead essentially a class, an hour-long class on the attack kill chain. I'll explain everything I'm doing. We'll help each other get through it. It's going to be hot fire. Come join me Monday at 4 p.m. Um, as, you know, what did I call it? I, I called it something. Hack along with me. Instructor-led free lab course on actor threat actor workflow. Okay? It's going to be fun. I'm going to drop a link in chat. I hope you can join me because I'm super pumped about it. I'll drop it in YouTube and I'll drop it in Discord. I spit hot fire. That's right. You know what? The five the five best rappers of all time. Dylon, 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 Dylon. <laughs> that was such a good um, set of skits. All right, guys. If you're here just for the news, thank you so very much. Feel free to boogie out of here. I got a couple minutes. Let me check my calendar and make sure I don't uh, have a 9 o'clock Eastern time meeting. I do not. Hey, if you're at, if you're at B-Sides Tampa, holla, holla, holla. I saw a lot of great people over there at B-Sides Tampa. Enjoy that. Yeah. So good. It's so good with uh, Discord chat. Dylan, 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 Dylan. Oh, man. All right. Great show today, everybody. Great show today. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, the Espresso Dark was very good. I might have to revisit that one. Uh, we're not talking Crank. The Crank is uh, dead. Uh, the Sumatra was really good, but I, I think I like this Espresso Dark. It's the nice balance between like me being a lunatic and, and enjoying the coffee. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Ken Cephalis. 
or I don't know how to say it, Ken Syphilis. James McQuiggan. It is my move. I know. I know, James. James is putting, is whooping me. James is whooping me in chess right now. Let me know. Hey, drop it in chat if you're going to uh, B-Sides Tampa. Kimberly's uh, up in there. Kimberly can fix it. Guys, if you missed the show last night, um, if you're interested in the Simply Cyber Conference, uh, that's Wednesday, November 8th. A lot more information is coming out, but I will be uh, hosting uh, regular. There's no there's no cadence to it right now, but I will be hosting regular update and transparency live streams with the um, organizers of the conference. I'm, I'm obviously one of the organizers of the conference. Um, so, so join that. We did a stream last night if you're interested. There is a public... Uh, document um uh, for details but we're gonna have new speaker tracks so if you're watching this and you want to do a new speaker uh 15 minute little uh talk kind of wet your wet your uh whistle a little bit on doing speaking engagements get it on your linkedin profile uh network with other people uh definitely look into that i also want to um i also i have to check guys here for, for those who are still here this is exciting um, I think we might have an emote unlock. Once you get like, there's like two, 300 squad members now and YouTube, like they give you a new emote, like every five squad members. And then once you get up into like the hundreds, it's like every 50 or something. But because barricade cyber did a, hold on. Internal stranger got two rejection letters from his last two interviews, but went to a great OT sec event yesterday. A lot of networking. Well, I'm, it's a bummer, Internal Stranger, that you didn't get it. But at the same time, I, I love your positive outlook. And I'm glad that you're still pushing through with networking. Um, let me know in chat any thoughts around um, a new emote. like because Basically, because I think we might only have an opportunity. I don't even know if we have an opportunity to unlock a new one. But if we, if we do it when we have the chance, uh, if the squad memberships go down because people fall off, we don't lose the emote. It's like built in. We could do an iHeart Sissa. We could do a Jen Easterly one. Alana's got a great point. A Jen Easterly one would be good. I don't know if she would see that as creepy stalker. <laughs> creepy stalker, though. Got to be careful. Um, yeah, I can run a poll right now if you guys want. Any other suggestions? Start a poll. New emotes. Ideas. Jen Easterly head. I heart Sissa. What other options we got? Chart Jerry. Congratulations. David B. What did David B do? Hold on. What did David B do? Uh, hold on. What did David B do? David B signed an official letter for GRC company. Yes. 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 Yes, yes, David. Yes, 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 David. Awesome, man. Very, very cool. Oh, very cool. Nailed it, man. Nailed it. Oh, let me get, got to get that action. Yes, very cool. Thank you for sharing with us, David. I'm super happy for you, man. As is the whole community, obviously. Yes, this is so cool. This is so cool. All right. I was going to run a, a, a poll here, but maybe I'll do it on the uh, thing. 
Uh, any, if you guys are interested in an update on the, uh, the, the Simply Cyber Lab, maybe is what I'm going to call it. Hack the planet. The lab, um, it's coming next Wednesday. I had to push it a week because of weather, which ended up turning out not to be a problem, which kind of stinks. Um, so come, come rain or shine, we're coming on Wednesday. So we'll see how that goes. Let's see. Yes, to the lab. I'm tired, guys. It's been a long week. I, I, I know everybody's been busting their hump. It's been a long week. All right, guys. I appreciate all of you. Thank you all so very much for being here, for sharing, for engaging. I wish you the very best. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're watching March Madness, go SDSU. I've gotten... I've gotten frothed up in the SDU Aztecs train. So we'll see. I'm going to be watching that tomorrow night at 6.09 tip off. Enjoy the stream. I mean, uh, enjoy the, the conference. Anyone monitoring during your hacking demo? Aaron L's asking, when you're talking about monitoring, what do you mean, Aaron? I, I don't understand. Uh, I'm happy to answer the question. I just don't get it. Have a great weekend. Go Hokies. Lady Hokies. Oh, very cool, Shane. Um, what's your background? Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Hope you have a great weekend. Look at, uh, Yoda. I love it. Oh, no, 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 no one will be monitoring it. So it's a cyber range. So it's a setup lab designed to be attacked in a certain way. You'll see it. it it's basically, um, it's almost like a, a, a setup in order to facilitate me educating folks on the cyber attack kill chain. You'll love it. It'll be cool. I mean, it's literally the, the range is called life cycle because you go through the life cycle of a cyber attack, but there won't be any defenders. Have a good one, Nicholas. I'm Urgis. Wicked Six Women's Cyber League Conference Finals Day Today. I like it. Let's pull that up on stream. If you guys don't know, Wicked Six is still going on. Go check it out. Kimberly, if you want to drop any comments or thoughts about Wicked, Wicked, Wicked Six, let me know. Life Cycle is Jenny Housley's favorite. I love that, Jenny. I played it the other day. It's it's good. Marcus Grani! Marcus Grani with a job offer. Boom, baby. Yes, dude. Guys, can we not can we not understand how awesome everything is? People are getting jobs all over the place. We're crushing it. Yes, 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 yes. Marcus, did this just happen? Like just now? Or you've been sitting on this? Oh, this is so cool. This is so, so cool, man. I love it. Thank you for sharing your thank you for sharing your 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 successes with us, Marcus. Oh, hey, guess what, Marcus? No worry, man. Team Replay. Team Replay will take a backseat to a job offer. Holla, holla, holla. Go crush it, man. Oh, so cool. So cool. Guys, look at what... I mean, again, Simply Cyber isn't doing this, but we are part of it, and it's just so cool. Like, wow. So cool. Way to go, everybody. Yeah, the jaw jacking is strong. Love it, love it, love it. I don't like this song. I don't like this song either. Come on, you're killing me. This one's good.
Killing it all day, every day, homeboy. I love it. All right, guys. I'm almost afraid to end the stream because all this good news is just dumping in here. You know what I mean? That's right, Aaron. I love it, man. I just love, I love, I love winning. I love success. I love everybody getting to experience it. Dude, there's so much negative and so much garbage and so much crap in the world. Like getting to enjoy the successes is just the best. Oh, you got it, Marcus. You're not, you're no Carl. Dropping three CX knowledge bombs when you get there on day one, Marcus. Simply Cyber has been a part of my life for two and a half years. Oh, Duke Norris, you're, you're a long time sub. Oh, I'm glad you've been, I've been, I'm glad you've been around. Yeah, Simply Cyber came online December 2019. Did a bunch of produced videos, started getting into live streams, stopped produced videos for a while. Ooh, guys, here's a little teaser. I got a, a new video dropping next week, a produced video. Excellent, Duke Norris. I'm happy to hear that. I got a produced video dropping next week. Uh, I'll just tease it. The title of the video is the number one mistake people looking to break into cybersecurity are making. Ooh, what a hook. Nice, nice, nice. Nice, Kimberly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy um, for so many people in the Simply Cyber community. Wild West Hacking Fest, got to spend a lot of time with Kimberly. BSEC, I've run into a, a, a bunch of times. Banger. It is a banger. Today was good. Did you guys see TCM dropped an API hacking course today, this morning? I want to take it. I really want to do Simply Cyber full-time so I can take, like... <laughs> so I can take, like... <laughs> courses and then make videos about them and tell you guys everything about it oh cool try hack me yeah i was really pumped to do attack surface uh, advent of cyber for try hack me <clears throat> yeah i hear you haircut fish i hear you wild west hacking fest is already dropping updates on speakers tanya jenkins uh she hacks purple is speaking there what's his face um cyber mentor heath is uh keynoting Oh, all right, guys. I, I, I do have to, I do have a day job. I do have a day job. <laughs> all right, guys. I got to boogie out of here. Be good. Stay, stay uh, secure, everyone. Thanks so much uh, to the show sponsors. Thank you, all squad members. Uh, your donations, your contributions do help uh, significantly with the channel and be able to do all sorts of fun stuff. So, in uh, you know, production. So thank you, everybody. Be good. Have a great weekend. Congratulations to all those who got the great news of their job. I love it. I love it. I love it. For those of you who got rejections, keep grinding. It'll work out. Believe me. Okay? Thanks, everybody. Until next time. I didn't do the Discord chat on the end stream, so say goodbye to Discord. <laughs> thank you. Bye.